You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Again, that destiny. Um, and God's destiny for you really um, is, is two things. It's for you to know who he is. And the second part of your destiny is to know who you are in him. That's your destiny. That that is the greatest purpose that God has for you. Everything else flows from that. When you get that revelation, that insight, that understanding, that illumination of who he is and who you are in him, nothing will stop you. That is God's one of God's greatest gifts for you is to know who he is and who you are in him. I'm gonna invite you uh, to stand one of the things that we've been kind of doing for those of you that are, are maybe new first time or you haven't been here uh, since we uh, started back up, uh, we've been kind of uh, really focusing on a prayer uh, for our congregation out of um, the uh, book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I've got those uh, up here this morning. So I'm just going to invite you to stand. We're going to pray this together. This is a prayer that I have been asking our congregation to pray on a daily basis, to pray this out loud, even if it's a whisper, because God loves the sound of your voice. He loves it when we use our voices uh, to, again, just speak back to him, his word. And so the prayer we're praying is based off of uh, the, the New Living Translation in Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 16. So I've kind of just taken that and I've kind of just rewrote that a little bit, changed it up just so that it kind of flows as a prayer. And again, nothing blesses the heart of God more than when his people pray his word back to him. God loves, again, the sound of your voice, and he loves it when we are praying the scriptures to him. So we're just going to pray this um, together um, out loud. Father God, we thank you for these gifts Christ gave to the local church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And I want you to stop right there. Now, I want you to notice that all of these offices uh, are in small case letters. They're not capital letters, okay? These are not titles to be given to people. These are functions to be walked out, to be lived out. Um, and so when, when you uh, have the, 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 the role of the prophetic, you're, you're not given that title and then you go and, and you are, are a prophet, okay? It is as you function out of that God-given gifting, that Holy Spirit-empowered place of the prophetic, then you are given um, that, that title, that, that, uh, that uh, distinction, that function as a prophet. So it's not a title. Um, I want you to see it. It's just a function that God is raising up. It is a function that God is calling uh, people in his congregation um, into. So let's, let's continue. Empower them and make them responsible to equip God's people to do your work and build up the local church, the body of Christ, 
May this continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we will become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We ask, Father God, that you would raise up the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers in this church. Stir up these gifts among us. As these gifts powerfully and effectively work among us, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Jesus, Christ Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We ask you this for the universal church throughout the earth and for our church, Praise Community Church. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Every time I pray that prayer, every morning, every morning without fail, I pray this prayer out loud. I am so encouraged by what I see, by what God's desire for the local church is. It excites me. And I hope that it excites you because in part, this really is God's design. It is his bullseye. It is his destiny for the local church. But the problem is if we don't show up, we're not gonna grow up. And I'll tell you right now, the biggest problem uh, in the universal church today is we have confused childlikeness with childishness. We're called to be childlike in our faith. When the, when the children came, Jesus used that as an opportunity to make an analogy that if we would be like these little children, childlike in our faith, in our trust of him, that the kingdom of heaven belongs to us, those that exhibit that childlikeness of faith, of desire, of trust. Childishness is a whole different thing. And it really is childishness in the local church today that really is, it, it, it hampers it. It, it, it strangles the, the church. Again, part of what Paul talks about in here is, man, when, when we're childlike, uh, when, when we're operating in this, man, that the church is gonna be healthy, it's gonna be growing, it's gonna be full of love. But man, when we're childish, the exact opposite is true. There's not gonna be any kind of healthiness, that we're not gonna be growing, and we're certainly not gonna be full of love. We'll be full of something, but it won't be love. Okay, and so again, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you to pray this every day. Allow God to use this to speak to you. And, and, and as I've said, we're praying for some of you in here. Uh, you know, I know some of you have kind of come up and said, you know, I really feel like God has called me, God has anointed me in that function as an evangelist, um, as, a, as a teacher. 
Um, and again, that's exciting for me because what it says to me is I'm praying for you. We're praying for them. I think there are some of you out there right now, you've got that function. You've got that calling. You've got that gift on your life. You just don't realize it or you realize it and you're kind of just right now, you're in a place of fear. So again, as, as we're praying this, my prayer is, is that as you feel these callings, as you feel these leadings, as you feel uh, these, these giftings come upon you, that, that God's just gonna begin to take you and God's gonna begin to lead you and equip you and grow you so that you can just begin to step out in this function. And then when you do that, it, it's just gonna start strengthening everybody in this church. Problem with a lot of churches uh, today is they're pastor run, they're pastor driven. That, that, that's one of the five. It, you know, it's kind of like you know, having four cylinders, six cylinders in a car, and your car only runs on one cylinder. You're not gonna get anywhere. And so we need all five cylinders of, of the five-fold ministries. We need them functioning uh, uh, in, in sync. We need them functioning at their strength for us to really be able to go where God wants to take us as a congregation. That's why I'm asking you, pray this every day, out loud. Um, and again, even if it's a whisper, um, it, it, it counts. So for those of you that are new, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna social distance for you. So this is the prayer. So following services, you can kind of come up um, and grab one of these. Um, take those with you. I'll have them here uh, pretty much every uh, Sunday. My hope is, is that uh, as, you, as you're praying this every day, uh, you're not gonna need this after a while because you're gonna, you're gonna have this committed to heart. Uh, and that's wonderful. I mean, man, when you can start memorizing um, scripture, it's amazing. I uh, was reading um, in, in the uh, Gospel of John and I was, came across, uh, and, and, I, and I pray this, uh, pray out loud, and I had been reading one day and so I was out doing something later that day, and, and I, I would love to tell you that it was spiritual, but I don't think it was. I don't really remember what I was doing. I was just doing something in the context of my day. I think it was probably very uh, you know, nominal. I think it was probably pretty you know, routine. Um, but as I was doing it, all of a sudden, um, God just spoke to my heart. And I, and I knew it was him because I wasn't really, I, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. I, I, I wasn't thinking about him. I wasn't thinking about the word. Uh, I wasn't, again, I don't think it was anything spiritual at all. But as I'm doing whatever it was I was doing, I just felt God speak these words. And that's why I knew it was him because I wasn't really thinking about him was he just said, um, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And, and it was a scripture that I had, I had prayed out loud that day and, and, and God brought that back to my remembrance. Um, and just the way God said it, um, it, it was just so beautiful. It, it, was, it was very compassionate. He said it in just a very loving way. It was just a reminder. You, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I was just like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that reminder. 
And so again, that's the beauty of praying the word is, man, when you're, when you're praying that word out loud all the time, God will use that, the Holy Spirit will use that to bring that back to your remembrance at a, at a time when you need it, um, when, when God just feels like he needs to impart something to you. So that's one of the beauties um, uh, of doing that. I'm so blessed to have Mara Overson, uh, part of our congregation. Now, Mara does uh, spiritual directing, and one of the things that she does is the Lectio Divina, which is the uh, holy reading. Um, and, and so at some point, as part of that gifting teaching, I'm going to hopefully get her up here and kind of begin to teach us as a congregation how to move and to step more uh, and more into that. So uh, I've committed you. Actually, I, we're just so glad to have uh, you, uh, any that are from your congregation uh, this morning, we welcome you. We are delighted. We kind of announced what was happening in our congregation last week. So we are just so blessed uh, to have all of you uh, who are here uh, this morning as a part of the vineyard. Uh, we want to do everything that we can to make you feel welcome uh, here uh, to just... Uh, do all that we can to get you uh, flowing and functioning um, as a part of the congregation. Even though this may be your first day here, we want you to feel like you've been here all along. So we just, we, we bless you. So this morning, I want to kind of just, I want to pick up um, and, and I want to begin to introduce to you another prayer that I'm going to ask you uh, to kind of begin uh, praying into. It, it's, a, it's a longer one. Uh, it comes from the book of 1 Corinthians. It, it kind of is the natural next step. Um, into that fivefold of the, you know, the, uh, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, teacher. Um, because again, not everybody's going to be called into that fivefold. Okay, um, but every one of us are going to have spiritual gifts, and that's what Paul kind of talks about um, here in First uh, Corinthians. 12. And so if you can, yeah, so you can just kind of follow along with me. I won't ask you um, to read that. And I'm going to kind of try to get through as much as I can this morning. And it's okay if I don't get through all of it, because we're going to kind of keep coming back to this really throughout the summer. We're going to really be talking about this, because this is where I believe God is taking us. I believe this is where God is taking the universal church. Amazingly, I hear a lot of pastors, a lot of churches right now have gone back, and they're focusing on the fivefold ministries. They are focusing on the giftings um, of, the, of, the, of the local church. Um, and so I just believe that there is a, a Holy Spirit coordination, a Holy Spirit uh, direction where God is taking the churches back into these places because he wants to strengthen his body. Because when God strengthens a body, he's able to strengthen a city. And, and, and so we want to do our part. We want to take our place as that strengthened, that growing, that healthy, that loving body of Christ that Paul talks about there in Ephesians 4. We want to take that, and, and as we begin to grow and develop in that, it will begin to affect our city um, in very, very positive and very, very blessed ways. So there Paul says... Um, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Holy Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work 
in all of us. Now, again, it's just so important focus-wise, who does the work in us? God, not me, okay? All I'm here to do is just to be the messenger. God is the one who is doing the work in you. And what God has begun, the scripture says, he will be faithful to complete it. So what God is beginning here in you, what God is working in you, God is, God is committed to keep working that to perfection. So a spiritual gift is given to each of us. And that's every one of us in this room. There is not a one of you here this morning that is exempt from this. There's not a one of you here this morning that can say, yes, everybody else has been given a spiritual gift, but I have not. You may not know what that is. Okay, that may be truth but you have at least one spiritual gift. So every one of us has a spiritual gift. Our responsibility uh, to God is we have to discover what that gift is, understand what that gift is, how does that gifting work in the church, and just begin to allow God to teach and to strengthen us in that. So to one person, God gives the ability to give wise advice. How many of you need wise advice? Yeah, we all do. And, and God has giftings. People here that have that gifting that can give you and me the wise advice we need. To the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives a great faith to another. Now again, spiritual gifts, they're to help, um, as he says, so we can help each other, okay? It is to help and to be helped, okay? A lot of us, we're really, really good at helping that there is a pride in us that does not want to be helped. How many of you have that issue? I do. Now, I, I love to help, but man, it's hard for me to receive help. But you know what? For a healthy body, it's, it's a give and take both. I gotta be able to give to help, and I've gotta be able to receive to be helped. Um, so it, it's a two-way street. So I, I want us to, again, to understand sometimes we're good at, at giving help, but we're terrible at receiving it. Um, and, and when we're terrible at receiving it, you know what? It just shuts other people's giftings down. It says to them, I don't need that. I don't need you. Um, so we've got to be good at not only giving help, at serving. We've got to also be good at being helped and being served. Okay. Uh, it's the same Spirit gives great faith to another, uh, and to someone else, gives a, uh, Spirit gives a gift of healing. He gives uh, one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. And I wasn't going to stop here, but I'm going to this morning because Jim, Jim gave us an incredible gift this morning. Now, um, in between the second and third song, um, I don't know how, um, I don't know if it was a, a picture or a word. I, I'm guessing it was probably a word, destiny. So God had given Jim a word, destiny. And Jim knew where God wanted him to go with that. So he kind of gave Callie a signal up here, took the mic, and he began to prophesy over you. That's what happened. That's what Jim was doing. Now, don't confuse that with the prayer that he did uh, following that. But the very first thing that he got up this morning was he got up and he prophesied over you. Now, prophecy, again, is to strengthen, to edify, to build up the body. Now, if, if you listen to what he said, he 
I was strengthened. I was encouraged. I was comforted by what Jim said. So he gives a very, very concrete example of of what it means to walk in the prophetic. And and so he served you this morning in that prophetic gifting. And, And some of you have that prophetic gifting. And I get questions about this a lot of times. You know, pastor, I feel like God has given me a word or, you know, kind of like what happened with Jim and I don't know what to do with it. Well, um, what you do with that is is you're going to come and you're going to either find me or I would prefer you find Jim and you say to Jim, I have a word. Now, here's the thing. If Jim doesn't know you, what he may ask you is, what is that word? He, he may ask you, uh, what, what is it that you want to get up and say? And, and you, you test the prophetic by the prophetic, okay? So, so people who walk in the prophetic, as Jim does, uh, they're able to kind of discern if what you're about to get up and say is truly a prophetic word. Now, if Jim would have gotten up here and kind of talked about, you know, what a bunch of miserable lowlifes you are, what a disappointment to God you are, um, and how you need to shape up or ship out, that is not prophecy, Okay, that's pathetic, um, but it's not prophecy because, because, again, prophecy always, 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 it strengthens, it comforts, it edifies, it builds up the body. Um, and so, again, uh, the, the, those are kind of, again, the giftings I'm asking God to begin to stir up in our congregation. So I would love it if every Sunday we had people who were walking in the prophetic like that. that uh, because, again, there's somebody here this morning, and it may have been more than one person, but there was somebody here this morning that needed to hear that word. Um, and so, again, this is, again, this is part of what strengthens. This is part of what is going to grow us as a body. This is part of what's going to... Uh, create this, this bond of love between us is we're able to give. Jim gave this morning, and then we were able to receive of what Jim was giving uh, from that, uh, that spirit-anointed uh, prophecy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Uh, still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, uh, at this point, Paul kind of turns in, and, and then he kind of just says, look at your human body. Consider your human body for just a moment. He said, the human body has many parts, right? You look at your body, yes, I have many parts. But the many parts make up the one whole body. Yeah, if you took any kind of science class, you, you got that. And he says, so it is with the body of Christ. It's, it's, a, it's the same kind of analogy Paul's saying. Some of us are Jews, some Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Now, as I was, as I was praying through this this week, um, in my Lectio Divina, um, I really focused on that particular verse um, there, which would be, I think it's verse 12, where he talks about, but we have all been baptized into one body. And the Holy Spirit kind of just kind of got a hold of my heart and just really, really began to speak to me about that whole issue of being baptized. And as I was thinking about that, I kind of, you know, the word baptize, baptize baptismo uh, in, the, in the Greek, it really means to be immersed. 
And if you've ever been baptized or you've ever seen a baptism uh, that we do here, or if you've ever been to a church where they, where they do the full immersion, I mean, they, they put you completely under. Um, and, and that's kind of the idea Paul's communicating here is that we, we're, we're baptized, we are immersed into this one body. I mean, it means you're all in, baby. Okay, you are totally, totally committed to this body. And, and, and again, that's part of that going from childish into childlikeness. It's where we kind of begin to see this is my body. This is my body of believers. I'm stuck with you. You're stuck with me. Let's make the best of it. That, that's kind of the idea of what Paul's talking about here. It's not when the going gets rough, I just find another church. When I don't agree with the pastor, I just find another church. Oh, if someone is sitting in my seat, I will find another. No, 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 no. You are, you are baptized into this body. You are immersed in this body and part of growing and becoming healthy and full of love, it's, it's going from childishness to childlikeness. And oftentimes it's learning how to resolve conflict. It's learning how to be disciplined by God. That's part of that growing. Um, Jesus, you know, he, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Thank you, Jim. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. For some of us, God wants to teach us obedience to him. But sometimes that's gonna come in ways we would prefer it not to come. You know, Hebrews talks about that a lot. You know, just again, that discipline that God gives. It's, 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 it's not pleasurable in the moment. But in the long term, it produces great, great benefit for us. So again, uh, that, that's just, so, so kind of just feed on that. Allow God to speak to that. We've all been baptized into, into one body. And I know, know Paul's talking, you know, the, the universal body of Christ, but I think it also has such great application for us in the local body uh, to be baptized, to be committed, to be all in, to be immersed in this. And I'm not going anywhere because I'm committed to you and you're committed to me. Um, and, and in a couple of weeks, Janie's going to kind of come and, and talk about what does this look like. Um, so he says in verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, um, would that make it any less a part of the body? Now, again, Paul's speaking rhetorically here, okay? He's obviously saying no. Um, so if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were uh, an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. You're, you, you are exactly where God wants you to be. I am exactly where God wants me to be. And I don't always like being where God has me to be sometimes. Sometimes I wished I didn't have to be up here every Sunday. I sometimes wished I could just be sitting out there. 
Um, but this is where God has me. I, I, I take that. I, I walk in that in all of its fullness because I understand he's got me exactly where he wants me. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Um, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually uh, the most necessary. You know, as I, as I kind of thought about that, I kind of, I don't know why I thought of a big toe. I, I thought kind of fit that. Um, I don't know why, I, but I, you know, as I was reading that, um, I just kind of got a picture of a big toe, and so I Googled big toe, um, and I was kind of really amazed. You, you know, the big toe is really what uh, gives the body the ability to balance itself. I, di I did not know that. I just figured if you didn't have a big toe, you had four others, and, but, but it's the big toe that gives the body balance. Now stop and think about that. Some of you out there, you, you, you kind of see yourself maybe as a big toe. You don't see yourself as maybe important. You don't see yourself as maybe necessary. But what, what God would say to you is, but you bring balance to the body. Uh, and, and that's to me, that is just a, a liberating um, thought when you think about that. So Paul kind of goes on, um, and, and he kind of talks again um, just about uh, the body. Interestingly, Callie and I had a really uh, interesting conversation uh, this week. We kind of continued that this morning. Um, and um, I kind of want to do, I, I, I kind of asked Callie to kind of come and, and do the opposite of what Paul does here. Paul kind of talks about when, when, you know, what does the body look like when all of the parts are cooperating and functioning together and doing what they were created to do. Um, I, I kind of said to Callie, I'd kind of like for you to come and talk about what happens when the body doesn't do that. What does it look like? Um, and so Callie's got a great um, analogy, so I, I kind of just asked her to kind of come and share that um, this morning. Okay. So yeah, Thursday I was reading through Ephesians 4 and kind of studying through that prayer that Jeff gave us, and the Lord really brought to mind um, verse 15 and 16, which says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is who is the head, Christ. The whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And as I was reading that, thinking about working properly, um, the Lord really started talking to me about my daughter, Evie. So this is my family. They're not here um, because we have two children who have um, some vulnerabilities with their medical conditions. Type 1 diabetes for my son there who's 20. And our youngest is Evie, and she has uh, cerebral palsy among many other diagnoses. So, um, so they're not here right now. Um, but so Evie, just a little history here. Evie um, was perfectly normal growing inside me, and I got a cold. And that cold happened to run through the bloodstream, so I didn't have any way to keep her safe from it because it was my first time to ever get that virus. And so it went to her while she was developing. And that led to uh, damage in her brain, which led to many other things. And so as, we, as she was born and we went through 
chemotherapy to deal with the virus to try to kill it off. We started learning all the things that would soon um, affect our whole lives. So Evie's brain damage created catastrophic consequences to her life. And because of that, she, they gave us a diagnosis at one point that she has global developmental delays, which means everything that could be affected has been affected. So every part of her life, every part of your normal development in your life has been delayed and or stagnant. It's stuck. And so what that looks like is that her brain tells her muscles to be spastic, to constantly spasm. And so those muscles then are putting a lot of pressure and tension on bones. And then the bones start to twist because they're still growing and moldable and they're soft still. So they start twisting, which pulls the joints out of place a little bit. And so her hips turn and her knees touch when she tries to stand and on and on and on. And so when you don't have um, core strength because your muscles are not doing what they're supposed to and your body can't stand right, well, then you have other things that start happening, like you, you can't get deep breaths and you can't speak if you can't get deep breaths. And if you're not eating right because your brain doesn't know how to eat, then you also can't speak very well because those muscles aren't developed. And so you just see it's like this on and on and on. One thing affects the next and next and next. And so um, we have a, a lot of diagnosis for Evie that they gave us over the years. But the global developmental delay is kind of what we're wanting to hit on right now. Um, but also just that, what I would call catastrophic consequences. So this is Evie. She's 12 years old now. And she, she is not really mobile. So she can use her wheelchair, but she, she's lazy and likes us to use it. So. Uh, if you've met Evie, you know that she has an abundance of joy, and she's a lover, and she's very relational. And so, you know, I'm saying all this stuff, and it sounds kind of depressing, and it can be, but she's a joy in our life and um, a true miracle. She really shouldn't even be alive. Um, so um, you can go ahead and show the next one, Carol. This is Evie and her walker. I took this couple weeks ago. And I'm super proud of her. I'm proud of this picture. I'm proud of what she's accomplishing. But you can see that her, her legs can't support her. So her, her knees buckle. Her arms have to hold a lot of that weight. But all of her muscles are pretty much atrophied, especially in her legs, because she's not using them like we would. Um, her back is now hunching over the last eight months. Um, so that is... That's kind of like the church. If, if, we, if we look at this as her, her brain tells her body to do things that, that are wrong, right? Well, we know that we have a good head. It's Christ. But what if we're looking at Christ through lies? We've, our view of him is not accurate. Or we haven't submitted to him at all. So what's informing our body to do what it's supposed to do? If it's not Christ, it's going to have catastrophic consequences. And we can see that throughout the entire body of Christ, not just here, just local, not just local, even just globally, that all over we'll have developmental delays. 
I have, I have developmental delays. <laughs> um, so when we, this is kind of just where we had talked about it. it was It was neat that that was something I was thinking about, and I brought it to Jeff, and he was like, would you talk about that? Because I can't talk about that. That's not, <laughs> that's not my story to share about Evie. Um, what's interesting is that even though I'm using her body as an, as an analogy to our body here, um, individually, if I'm, if, if I'm Evie's mom, right, so she's, she can't walk, she can't transition herself from the chair to the wheelchair to the bed, so who does it? I do. And I'm lifting all of her weight day in, day out, day in, day out. So what does that do? Well, it hurts my back, <laughs> hurts my arm, you know, I'm having my own physical issues now. So when I'm unhealthy or when I'm not growing here in the body, then I'm hurting you because now suddenly you're having to carry me. You're having to carry all my weight. So as a body, we do affect each other in these really profound ways. Um, and I don't, have all the answers. That's not what I was brought up here for. <laughs> I was just trying to give you guys a picture, um, something to, to reference. When you think about, if I sit in a pew and I say, you know, they're doing a great job. They'll take care of it. I'll just, I, I don't have those gifts. What I'm doing is I'm be, I actually had the same thought about the big toe this week. <laughs> I didn't tell you that. But I was thinking about Claudia. She was walking through Menards and tripped on something and nearly broke her foot. And I'm thinking about how that one toe getting busted up causes pain throughout your whole body as you start to protect it and try to let it heal and stuff. So this, this matters. We can't just sit around and not be growing. We, we affect everyone around us. And it doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are. We are a vital part of this this whole body. So that was, I think that was all I was going to tell you. Awesome. Good. Thank you. So uh, Kelly kept giving me the, the name of that global developmental delay. And I thought, man, that is like, that is just so pervasive in the, in the local churches in the body uh, of Christ. And the one thing that we, you know, kind of talked about, you know, again, is, is Kelly carries this hope in her heart that someday Evie's going to be completely healed. Um, and she just believes that God's given her that promise. And, and God's given us, the body of Christ, a promise. He wants to heal our, 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 not just our physical body, he wants to heal his body, the body of Christ. And, and so, you know, Callie does all that she does for Evie, and she carries with her in her heart, this hope that one day as I continue to carry her and to do all that I can do for her to help her make progress, there's this hope that one day she's going to come to a place where she's able to do it all on her own. And, and, and we stand with her in that. Same thing's true here. We want to help you. We, if we got to carry you, we'll carry you. If we got to get you a wheelchair, spiritually speaking, or a walker, or whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do whatever we got to do, you know, to, to help you. But we just want you to know that the hope in our heart is that you're going to come to a place spiritually where you're not going to need me to carry you, where you're not going to need the wheelchair or the walker um, or, or whatever it is that's causing you to be so uh, tied and dependent on other people uh, for what, you're, what God's calling you to do. And, and we'll do that. 
but, but we carry with that the hope that someday you're going to be able to start walking in the fullness of all that God has for you in your destiny, as Jim talked about this morning, that you're able to, to walk um, in that function. The five, uh, if you're in one of those uh, functions of the fivefold ministry, uh, your spiritual gifts, that you're able just to begin to walk in that in a fullness and a completeness that, that it, it doesn't require us to do it. You're doing it, and in your doing it, you're strengthening the whole body. You're causing us to grow. You're causing us to become healthy. You're causing us to grow um, in love. This is where we're headed. Uh, this is where I believe God is taking us. It's where I believe that God wants to take the church. This isn't anything new. This was written over 2,000 years ago. It's always been God's plan. It's always been his function for the church. And, and I'm just saying, I, I want to go there. I want this so bad um, that I'm willing to just make this uh, my focus um, from, from now until um, I'm done here. Um, and and it, it is, is that, God, I want you to grow us, to strengthen us, to mature us, because I don't want any more uh, global uh, developmental delay um, in our congregation Mason City needs strong, vibrant, healthy, growing bodies of Christ. Not just us, but every local church. God needs us to show up. It's what's going to make the difference. It's what's going to change um, the culture. It's what uh, God wants to do um, to counter what's happening in our culture today. Um, and, and again, it's to speak the truth in love. But like I said a couple of weeks ago, you'll, you'll never speak the truth until you first hear the truth. And, and when we hear the truth, the truth sets us free, and then we can go out and begin to free other people. You, you, you can't unbind people from what binds you. If you're bound with hatred, you can't go out and free others that are, that are hateful. If you're bound up with unforgiveness, you cannot go out and free people who are bound up with unforgiveness. Uh, so that's why Jesus had to come completely without sin. He couldn't be a sinner because sinners can't unbind sinners. It took a savior. Um, and so that's what God wants to do. God wants to use his body to, to bring freedom, uh, to bring hope, to bring light, uh, to bring hope uh, into a place right now that is very dark and very hopeless. So this is his call uh, to us. And, and so we're just going to be hitting uh, on this um, uh, every time, every opportunity I get. This is what we're going to be talking about, what I believe God's uh, wanting to do um, for us uh, and to us so that we can, again, be all that he uh, calls us to be. Let's just go ahead and stand together this morning. I invite the worship team, you all can come back up on the platform here this morning. It's not a coincidence that, you know, what follows 1 Corinthians 12 is uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and that's agape love. And Father, this morning we come and we recognize that as Paul talks about all of these spiritual gifts, he talks about them again there in chapter 13 and he cautions us that we can have all of these giftings we can flow in these giftings in perfect ways but if we have not love we're nothing it'll do nothing it'll accomplish nothing it will bless no one 
And so this morning, Father God, I pray, Lord, that as we begin or as we continue to walk in the anointing, as we walk in the power of those spiritual loves, we pray, God, that all of that would be anchored in your agape love. It is that love with which you love us. It is that same love that you loved your son Jesus Christ with. You love us exactly and to the same measure and degree that you love your son Jesus Christ. That is truth. And that is truth that will set us free in this place this morning. That your desire to bless us is the same as it was to bless your son, Jesus Christ. The favor you found in him is the favor you find in us. That's who we are. And so Father God, this morning, I just pray, Lord, that as we come to discover and to grow, as we come to be baptized, immersed more and more into this body, into who you're calling us to be, that God, you would continue to reveal and to shed abroad in our hearts that incredible, unconditional, boundless love that you have for us. And that God, everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we are would come from that love, your love that is in us, that love that flows in us, that love that desires to overflow in us into others this morning. Because God, we wanna walk in your giftings, but we wanna be able to do that in love. And so Father, this morning as we go forth from this place, God, I pray, Lord, that we would go as, as missionaries of your love, that we would go this morning as reciprocators of your love this morning that as people encounter us, the one thing that they would encounter in us is you and your love for them. Regardless of what giftings you use to do that, God, we pray that first and foremost, your great love for them would be what overwhelms them. And Father, for that to happen, that love needs to be in us. And so, Father, this morning, we just come, we open our hearts to your love this morning, to your perfect love that binds, it casts out all fear. Whether that's the fear of, of self-sufficiency, that, 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 that fear of doubt, that fear of not being good enough, that fear of not being worthy enough. That, Father God, you would drive out all of that fear this morning. And to know that in you, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, who gave his life for us. And so, Father, this, this morning, I just pray you'll just penetrate our hearts. Penetrate our hearts with your love this morning. And we just thank you, Father, for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father, this morning, just for your goodness. 
Yes, I just feel God is just wanting us to just receive his goodness, his kindness this morning. We thank you as that song said, you are a good, good father. We just thank you for your goodness and it's in your son's name we pray, amen. You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.